Now we return you to the test card and some music. Welcome to the pilot take 110, a weekly podcast reviewing the pilot episodes of television shows past and present. Here's Jed Shepherd. That guy over there is Rob Jelly, aka Rob Jelly the, the third. third. Arise, Sir Rob. Okay. Careful though, because the bench sometimes tips up when I stand up. I know. I better sit down. It's wobbly no, like jelly. No one's going to hear me from up here. No. <laughs> better get down. Hello, mate. How are you? I'm very good, thank you. I'm a bit worried that you pressed record way in advance. So you recorded our conversation about aliens just now. Yeah, well, if you hang on to the very end of this oh, podcast, no. I will leave it on the end. Um, we had a quite in-depth conversation about aliens and ghosts. I, but don't forget, I literally did not know he was recording, so anything I say, I strike off oh, the Oh, here record. we go, here we go. <laughs> if it's bad. <laughs> here we go. Start denying it before you've even heard what you've actually said. <laughs> this, this is what I have to part with, you see. This is what I have to part with. Are you keeping all right, mate? You're good? Yeah, all good. You know? busy? We, we haven't seen each other for a couple of weeks, so apologies yeah. for the podcast absence as such, but um, yeah, I've just been um, busy. Doing uh, some other podcasts, um, as you know, uh, a, a biggie. Yep, um, absolutely. Can't talk about it yet. Can't talk about that yet, but it's, it's a biggie. And uh, doing some film stuff, reading some things, and um, all those are progressing along nicely. And um, what is progressing along nicely is this musical that I'm writing. Um, and these uh, these two songwriters, singer-songwriters, I'd say, are doing the music for me. So they're making the demos at the moment based on like the script outline that I've given. Um and it's a real weird one, but they're going to make course, really cool I mean, songs. Of course, it's weird. Of course, it's going to be weird. You're working yeah. on it, mate. <laughs> well, give us a pre- is it, can you give us a premise? Well, and usually it does tie in a little bit to what we're doing this week because it is about a a woman who is um, a little bit like remember Little Voice that um, no. film where Jane Horrocks is a, a girl who's shy about singing. This this is kind of similar to that where it's a girl who um, is kind of bullied by her workmates um, to go up and do karaoke every week, but she's just shy, she's really anxious. Um, but one night she goes, right, right I'm going to do it. She gets all dressed up. She goes out to the, to the pub after work on a Friday. She gets up on stage. All of her workmates are there, like, waiting for her to fail, waiting for her to fail. And she fails. She just can't do it. The music starts. The DJ's like, are you right? And she's like, yeah. And she can't go through it. So she gets blind. She runs out of the bar, gets blind drunk, goes home, uh, sees her dog. Her dog's making noises, puts her dog outside. And uh, she she drinks the, the night away to herself and just basically goes into like a, a drink coma. She wakes up like a day and a half later, looks outside. Everyone's gone. Everyone's gone. She's like, what the hell? Essentially, it is. Uh, there's been an alien invasion in the meantime, and they somehow missed her. They missed her, so she ha- now has the opportunity to sing, which is all she what she wanted to do because there's nobody around. So now she can sing. So with this empty of landscape, course, I mean, if you if you missed the first part of this, yeah. it's a musical. It's a musical, yeah. So um, and the songs really play into how she progresses through this film but I can't say too more because I feel like someone will nick it but okay. um, it's great and the songs have been written and uh, the demos have been sung by some really cool people so alright nice it'll be very good yeah that sounds exciting maybe you should play when, when we eventually film it maybe you can play the DJ that kind of uh, p- 
puts on the karaoke songs. You know me, mate. I've yep. got my DJ T-shirts ready all, <laughs> at all times. What's a DJ T-shirt? Oh, we got to have a DJ T-shirt ready at all times. What, what, what's what, what's on? retro one? I got me Rubik's Cube T-shirt. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So you know what I mean? Like you, Perfect. You, you always see a DJ in the, in the booth, and he's yeah. always got like a retro-style vintage. It's t-shirt always got a Rubik's Cube T-shirt. You're right. So it's a Rubik's Cube yeah. T-shirt, isn't it? It's always Rubik's Why is Cube that? Huh? Why is that? I don't know, mate. I don't know. But give it's, it's only because the '80s thing, a revival of Maybe, the '80s yeah. in the recent years, and then give it two or three more years, and we get into the 90s revival yeah. and basically DJs will start wearing um, those matching tracksuits from top like, you know nice. the ones you used to skid around in the sports hall in yeah 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 and you tear the, tw- the knees off or global hypercolour t-shirts oh yeah exactly where, when you sweat it yeah neon, neon t-shirts and things nice. like that yeah absolutely they're, they're, they're on trend soon yeah. so I've already got a couple of those in the, in the drawer ready to come out excellent so it's all good uh, but um, I'm good how, how are you yeah really well Really busy, really busy. I'm yeah. unbelievably haven't stopped for about three weeks now. Um, it has been absolutely non-stop. Bit of day new, off yet? Bit of nuclear. I think I've had like two days off in three weeks. Wow. And lots of nuclear stuff. Well, nuclear was on one weekend. Um, playing with American football still as well because we're doing quite well this year. So yeah. we made the playoffs, which is excellent news. Um, also, I was at Country File Live. I mean, of all of all the mixture of things I did, I watched your videos. Um, I was at Country good. File Live hosting their uh, their big walk. Uh, around the uh, the venue for four days. Which Did he is... sing, Rob? Did he sing while he was there? Yeah, there, you, might, you there might there might be a video of me singing "Love Is an Open Door" from Frozen with a six year old girl. Wow! <laughs> wow! Well, in fairness, a lot of the kids were doing it as well as the grown ups. Oh. And this one little girl came over and she was like, "Can I can I sing on the microphone?" And you were like, said, "Yeah, as long as I can I, sing I went, with I went, you." When you get back from your walk, you can have a sing. That's fine. <laughs> First thing she did was she got around the walk. She came right up. She goes, "Can I sing now?" And I was oh. like, oh, "What would you like to sing?" She was like, "Let it go." And I was like. Cool. No problem. Okay. I mean, it's going to be cute. It's going to be wonderful. It's going to be a lovely little moment. But let her the thing. Put it on. Let her sing. Crowd starts gathering. She's <laughs> loving it. She's she's lapping it up. And I said, I said, do you want to do one more? She was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, do you know love is an open door? And she was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, well, so do I. It's all right. So I, <laughs> so I, do I, on, give my, me the mic. I got on my knees and I was like, I got on my knees. So I was like at the same level. So just I was holding the your shoes to your knees. But love is an open door, and we had this little crowd building up and everything. Nice. And they, I mean, obviously, I wasn't doing it for me; I was doing yeah, it for yeah. her. Um, but it was lovely; it was so so much fun. Yeah. But it was a long weekend, long, yeah. long weekend. It looks really cool, though. The um, the videos. Yeah, just a- it was amazing. It, honestly, it's so big; you can't understand how big it was. It's a bit like a, a huge festival, the Reading, Leeds, Glastonbury's, and yeah. the likes. Until you go, you don't understand how physically big the fields are yeah. and how far they keep going and wow. setting up. It, yeah, it's, it's amazing. So, yeah, loads of that, obviously, on the radio of a morning, uh, yeah. Monday through Friday as well. So that's but, taking up time. And trying to get in as much television as possible. Yeah. Um, just finished Stranger Things Season 3. It's awesome, isn't it? Um, Hang on a minute. You were like near, you were about halfway through and you said it was, amazing. You said it was really good. Yeah, I was, in, I was really enjoying right. it. Okay. Like season one was great, right. season two was pretty good, and then I don't know. I just it was losing, it lost momentum for me. You think it did? I'm really sorry, mate. I'm, I'm going to get. This is like the whole. Um, uh, what did I slate at the beginning of the podcast? Way back Twin when? Twin Peaks was it? Twin Peaks, yeah. Oh, it's just one of those moments again where I, I really want to be part of the cool gang and like it, but I I can't lie to you. Really. I wasn't disappointed. Yeah. No, that's a lie. I was mildly disappointed because big... I think there was so much hype. One of the things say, we talk yeah. about on the podcast is the hype that surrounds a show. 
I'm and it kill. really, it really let it yeah. down for me. Well, the thing is, uh, Stranger Things three. I mean, previous seasons they really, really, really oversaturated the market with merchandise tie-ins. And this time they went above that. You couldn't, you can go, you couldn't go anywhere without um, walking into a Stranger Things mm. tie-in. Yeah. Um, last time, season two, they turned a top shop, top shop in London, into a Stranger Things world, and that was actually pretty cool. This time around, it was like every other shop was a, was a Stranger Things. They had ties in with McDonald's, Burger King. Everything. Um, Ni- I keep getting emails just, from Nike about their Stranger Things line. Just wasn't. Yeah, it just didn't. It didn't. Didn't grip me as much as I wanted it to. I really want, but I sat through it. I watched it out. Yeah, I saw it through to the end, and I'm kind of pleased that I've now finished it. To be honest with you, I got an email today um, about this new Stranger Things trainers. I'll show you. Go on, because it's pretty cool. So how it works? On top is- of that, I started the last season of Orange Is the New Black as well. Oh so yeah, hoping, I- that, hoping that ramps right up to the end and doesn't disappoint as well it's because very, cause it's the last one ever. It's yeah. very very good. So I got this email today. Um, uh-huh. And it's uh, for Nike Star Cool, time, yeah. yeah. Nike Time Stranger Things upside down pack. What it is, the trainers start out like a cream coloured yep. uh, Nike trainer. It looks like any other Nike trainer. Yeah. But the more you wear it, the more the upside down appears and becomes like a dark denim underneath the more you, you wear it. So it kind of like so rots physically away. wears out and it becomes f- the un- upside down. Yeah, it physically rots away and uh, like that. So it can become quite ugly. That's, how much are they? Oh, I don't. I, if they're know. less than 180 quid, I'll be amazed. Oh no, I reckon they'll be about 120 uh, for a pair of trainers. Oh, mate, you don't know how much oh. I spend on trainers. <laughs> I can crazy. guess. I can guess. Um, if you spend anywhere near as much as you do on trainers as you do on hats, yeah, uh, I <laughs> can everything. foresee it being an awful sum of money. Well, actually, it's, what are they? Come I can't on, say, but it'll be it'll be about 120. It'll be about 120. Yeah. Which, but if you collect, if you collect, trainers, yeah, if you collect trainers, then yeah, absolutely, they'll double in price totally within understand. months. But then um, you're never going to wear them out because you won't wear them. Yeah, that's true. But then the they're, literally, is- they're literally the catch twenty two of trainer. <laughs> they're for the trainer collector. Yeah. But you have to wear it to benefit from the actual clever design. Yeah, it's weird. So in a Strange. few years, it's going to become quite rare to see a fully formed uh, upside down trainer. Yeah. Uh, strange, nearly get- as strange as the shows we watched this week. In fairness, which yeah. we should probably get on to now. Yes. We've rabbited on for a bit. Um, two quite different shows but also in their own way both got weirdness to them and <laughs> actually debuted barely nine days apart did they well not year for year but like in the year they oh, both right, right. so 22nd of september and 13th of september right key point of the year we're approaching yeah. actually as we are in august summer's now. over you need something september else is a you. very key point for starting a new show or a new season or new school or a new school year. Maybe Indeed. that's why. So, yeah. uh, your first this week, mate. Which one did you pick? Um, so, this week I thought I'd go with something a little bit, like, weird. Um, we've had Not weird ones before, time. but I think this one's quite weird. It's a sitcom, but it's also a sci-fi. It's Alf! <laughs> One of my favourite weird little theme songs because it doesn't actually go with the TV show very much. No. Do you know what it immediately made me think of? Wii Sports. <laughs> because it's, it's like Muzak, isn't yeah, it? It's yeah, it's like Muzak in the background. It's, it's a wonderfully <laughs> juxtaposed bit of audio yeah. for what's visually going on on the screen. Yeah. You seem to be 
in the sort of point of view of a small being yeah. wandering around a house, mm-hmm. interrupting people or going up to the people that live there. Yeah, um, and this it's is a like, very strange introduction. Like this is, has everything about the eighties that I love. You've got. Um, like a v- tabletop v- doilies in the uh, imagery. Not my number one favorite thing from the eighties. Um, but no, you've got you've got an alien with a video camera, and you're seeing it from the from the alien's point of view, walking walking around, bumping into things, interacting with a cat because Alf likes to eat cats. Because <laughs> um, on their planet, their cats are just food. Um, and uh, yeah, him interacting with the family, and it gives them an excuse to have the family have a like a, a hero shot, so they can put the name underneath. Um, and yeah, it's just essentially an alien interacting with the family, which is is a good way of introducing this character of Alf, which stands for alien life form. That's why they call him Alf. But isn't life form one word, even if it's hyphenated? Um, I mean, they can they can call him Al. You, you can call him Al if you want. <laughs> My mate Al. Yeah. You know, you maybe that's what the Paul Simon song was about. Al. Maybe that's what the Paul Simon song was so. about. Yeah, because of the hyphen. Yeah, who knows? Um, but no, it's it's a great jaunty little song, and it kind of puts you in the mood that this isn't going to be scary. This isn't going to be a frightening alien thing. This is going to be a weird little comedy um, that kind of summed up what other TV shows were around at the time. There, there seems to be around that time uh, some other TV shows that involved like a monster or an alien being coming into into a, a kind of a family atmosphere. There was Harry and the Hendersons. Do you remember that? Yeah. So over in the, in the UK, it was often called Bigfoot and the Hendersons uh, because we didn't, because I think we were stupid or something, so they called it Bigfoot <laughs> and the Hendersons for us. But in America, it was called Harry and the Hendersons. Um, and that was about a Bigfoot coming to live with a family. And this was a similar vibe, but this was a lot more funny, I thought. Um, so this wasn't the first of its kind in this, the sense of a, of a sort of uh, another being coming to live with some humans. It actually probably was the first of its kind. Um, I can't think of anyone, because this is 1986, yeah. and Harry and the Hendersons was 1989. Um, there was another show um, that was probably between that, 1987 and called um, Out of This World, which has an alien um, bestowing, well, having a relationship with uh, a woman, and they have they give birth to a, a kid, and when that kid turns 13, she has magic powers. It's kind of similar. <laughs> We should do that, by the way. It's called Out of This World. I was about to wait. I was about to say, that's probably going to have to go on the list, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, I love it. Um, I really like that show. And uh, yeah, so everyone out there knows knows Elf. Even if they don't know the TV show, they, they've probably seen, they've been scrolling through eBay and they say, what's this weird anteater doll? Because when you said Elf yeah. last week on the podcast, I had a, the wrong image in my head. Right. I knew I, I couldn't remember what I was trying to picture, but I... I knew I was trying to picture what is Alf, yeah. but for the life of me, couldn't see it clearly in my mind's eye. Yeah. And then when I found the episode online, I was like, oh, yes, Alf, of course. Yeah. And I was actually, in fairness, I recognised the dad for some strange yeah. reason. Probably the one character I sort of just visually stored in my brain a bit yeah, more. Yeah, yeah. I feel like he better, plays but... dads in a lot of things, that guy. Yeah, he, yeah. He, he certainly could be a dad in any sort of 80s-based show. Yeah, but this um, there was something that was just before... Just before this, that um, we've already done actually, which is uh, Mork and Mindy. Yeah. Which is about Alien coming to live. Well, it would have been the one I would put against Alf. Yeah. We've not already done Mork and Mindy, yeah. in fairness. And uh, Happy Days had an episode where Mork comes to visit um, Richie Cunningham and, and the Fonz and stuff. So there is a little bit of um, uh, stuff before this, but this was kind of the main it's one. It's very that- much of its time, isn't it? You know, and that's not, yeah. to, that's not to say we're dating it at this point either, but 
you can very much watch this and go, yeah, this is very much a mid-80s show. Yeah, exactly. And um, the thing is, like, I don't think anyone expected this to be so big, but Alf was massive. Alf was big. He was essentially Mickey Mouse for a little while. Kids loved him. There were Alf toys, multiple Alf toys. Um, there is still Alf toys being made right now. I've seen, like, really? um, yeah, but, like... Um, like big kind of like companies are making retro versions and stuff, and uh, for 185 quid. Yeah, and um, I mean there was only 26 episodes of this show, and as you said, it aired on the September 22nd, 1986, and this is the first episode, um, and we see Alf. It's when we meet Alf, isn't it? We meet Alf, which is perfect. It follows the rules. One of the main ingredients of any good yeah. show. We meet a new character, and he essentially crash lands into this family's home, and that's why he is with them. All right, so can I raise a question at this point? Yeah. Because it opens up, it starts mm-hmm. in what looks like a shed, yeah. garage conversion the thing that the dad of, and mum are in. Yeah. And dad has got all this radio equipment, what looks like kind of monitoring stuff, satellites, yeah. aerials, that kind of thing. And it's picking up something, but he doesn't really know what it is. He can't really tell what it is. Yeah. And I think wife is trying to sort of go, look, come on, you know, it's late, come on in. And then a light starts glowing in the sky, mm-hmm. uh, draws their attention, and the kids run out the house and like, what's that? What's going on? Mm-hmm. You know, completely put them all in the shed at the right moment so that when crash through the roof he comes, yeah. all the characters are there displayed for you very nicely and neatly. Yeah. Wunderbar. Let's get the show on the road. <laughs> but do you think that perhaps maybe Alf honed in on it? Like at this point, we only know about episode one. Like I'm, I'm already starting to think that why why would Alf have crashed into that roof? I well, it, it, it makes you... reference to lighting up the porch a bit better so that people can <laughs> you know, the driveway so that you can see where he's landing. Yeah. But like, he's clearly crashed. I think it was a happy mistake. I don't think it was intentional. Um, especially as at, at first they don't want anything to do with him and they're scared of him hmm. and they want rid of him. Um, and also the neighbours is they, with their neighbours because their neighbours are so annoying snooping around all the time um, yeah you wouldn't want to have an alien in your house in that particular neighbourhood um, but luckily he's crashed into a neighbourhood where they seem to be pretty well off they've got a big house uh, which you could understandably probably hide an alien and obviously you've got TV shows like American Dad where there is an alien in the house and obviously it takes a little bit of a cue Spoiling from that. yeah a little bit of a cue from, from Alf and, and shows like it um but yeah, like we say, the, the perfect pilot episode is when you're introduced to to a new character, and this is the lead character as well, and we follow his footsteps in this new environment. Um, in some shows, it's a new police officer in, in a police station. Sometimes it's a newcomer, a new sheriff in, in, a, in a new town. But this is an alien taking its first steps on, on Earth. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so obviously you get the fish out of water kind of scenes. You get... It reacting, Alf reacting to the, the various human things that we take for granted, like showers and things like that, and walking in on people in showers, the, the pretty sister, of course. Um, you've got um, its interaction with the with the family cat that they have to keep telling him, like, do not eat our cat as a yeah. pet. It's not food. So it has to um, do that. Also, there's one bit where um, it drinks a beer, which I think is quite, quite good. Yeah, it gets a beer for him and the, <laughs> and the son, the young son. Yeah. Which I think is re- <laughs> really Does his mum say something about like no fizzy like pop or something like that? Yeah, something like, like that. You can, you can have a drink, but no, you know, no, no pop or something, something yeah. along those lines. So Al <laughs> finds a couple of beers and cracks them open. Yeah, exactly. Um, and uh, yeah, it's basically 
through Alf meet this family as well and, and you've obviously got the mum and the dad and you've got the, the sister and, and the little brother and as these things tend to, to happen the kids are obviously straight away they, they love Alf but the parents are a little bit too stick in the mud and too adult to accept this weird thing in their life and throughout the course of the episode we see the dad especially who's very against Alf because it could be it could be something terrible that could hurt his family yeah but did but you he- notice how that wasn't his line first that was mum's line yeah. he was quite keen to sort of say well look let's not get rid of him just yet yeah let's maybe find out a little bit about him first and then she's like yeah but he could be dangerous yeah. oh then he changes his tune yeah well it was three typical boy thing isn't it like yeah. no that's not telling anyone this is like cool secret <laughs> yeah yeah and it's always the girl or the mum that goes no come on be sensible now yeah well he didn't know if he, if he could get in trouble because he was the one who's messing around with all the things that probably attracted us in the first place and he probably thought oh the government's going to be on my case um and, and as an aside the like i said uh, before we went on air that there's a documentary on Netflix right now called Bob Lazar in Area 51. And there is similarities here where if you come across something of alien origin, um, it could be cool, but also you'll have the might of the government against you trying to silence you as fast as possible. So you see elements of that in this episode and in future episodes as well. Um, I must um, say that at this point that Alf... He isn't just an alien who's quiet and will just sit in the corner and and hide. He doesn't understand how big it would be if it got out that there's an alien on Earth. Well, he doesn't, he doesn't see himself as an alien as such because yeah. he's not the native species to the planet, if that yeah. makes sense. He's just like, oh, well, you're all people, but I'm like, I'm an elf. And Well, his name's Gordon Shumway, which is... What? <laughs> he's, um, he when says does that, that come out? Yeah, he says that at one point that... Because um, obviously his name is an elf, but his name is from Melmac. Uh, he's a Melmacian. That's right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And... Um, yeah, his name's Gordon Shumway, which I thought is probably one of the funniest jokes in there. It's like you expected to be like Zalbot or something. See, now, the thing is that the one thing Gordon. you've not mentioned yet, and I was waiting to see if you were going to bring it up, was probably my favourite characteristic of Alf. Not his urge to eat the cat. Not his, you know, sort of blase attitude to the whole thing. His voice. <laughs> Simply incredible. Simply just the most unexpected voice to come out of Alf because he's this weird sort of halfway between like a Sharpay and an anteater. <laughs> yeah. Right? A fluffy brown a anteater. A fluffy yeah. brown anteater sort of mixed with a Sharpay dog with a sort of, and if you can't picture what a Sharpay is, with all the sort of loose skin over its face yeah, and sort yeah. of thing. And he talks like a librarian. Uh, yeah, maybe like a maybe New a York jo- No, but like a geography teacher. Yeah. He's sort of very monotone and very just uh, plain and simple, like this. And you should get a job on radio. Oh, oh shit. Um, and, you, and you just... I had no idea, like, I, I don't have any recollection of ever watching Alf before now. So when he started speaking, that was the funniest bit. For me, the, the, the first time I belly laughed watching this was when he started speaking. I'm like, what? <laughs> just didn't... Genuinely didn't see it coming at all because he's unconscious on the table in the very start. Um, Dad carries him through on a bed sheet of some sort, puts him on the coffee table. They're discussing what to do with him, you know, what's going to happen. Yeah. Um, And then he pipes up and goes, "Uh, can I offer a suggestion? And and then Dad turns around and goes, yeah, of course you can. And goes, and then he starts talking. He goes, whoa, 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 hang on. You can talk? (laughs) Uh, and And honestly, it's just... It, the voice does not match the look of Alf. 
in the slightest yeah. until you hear him speaking. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, he couldn't possibly sound like anything else. Like, just imagine any other voice no, coming out of really. Alf. You can't now do it. It'd be interesting to see when this was dubbed for other countries, because this went, went worldwide, what Alf would sound like. Yeah. Um, but like Alf was voiced by um, a guy called Paul Fusco, who was also the puppeteer as well. And I must admit, the puppeteering is brilliant in this, because you've got two things. You've got, when he's seen like a mid-show of him from his waist up, um, that's Paul yep. Fusco using his hands and stuff and, and his voice. But when you see him, his legs running away, and stuff, it's a little midget. It's a little midget in an Alf costume. Is it really? Yeah. <laughs> they, they just because you'll notice the kind of shape changes a little bit when you, when you see him in full. Um, <laughs> I like didn't in, know that. in the credits where where they all line up taking a photo together. That's a midget. That's not Paul Fusco. Um, but Paul Fusco was also he did voices on multiple things. He was on Space Cats. I don't know if you remember that. Um, he was in an episode of Blossom. He uh, did, did a lot of um, Alf uh, things, uh, cartoons and stuff. But there's an Alf movie coming out, and he's on coming his, out. Yeah, and he's on as producer. So hopefully, um, mm, that's in the very interesting. near future. Um, the cast is great. Uh, uh, Max Wright plays Willie Tanner. Yeah, um, who, who's the dad? Who I'm just checking he's still alive. Yes, he's still alive. But you'll know him from uh, multiple other TV shows. Um, and film he's done like a, a bunch of films he was in All That Jazz I don't know if you've seen that but I watched that recently no. uh, he was in the sequel to The Sting he was in a film that is quite embarrassing to like because it's quite bad if you watch it now called Soul Man have you ever seen that film? I've heard of it but not Ooh, seen it oh boy it is uh, controversial to say the least <laughs> but, uh, um, I, I rented it out when I was little uh, on VHS as controversial as OJ made in America? Oh yeah, and it's wow, okay. similar vibes. Really? Um, okay. Yeah, very controversial. Listen back to the previous episodes of the podcast if you want <laughs> yeah. to listen to what we think about OJ. And also um, check out the trailer to Soul Man on YouTube when you get a chance because oh boy, he was in that. Um, but yeah, I think the casting is is really really good. Hang on, who was in that? OJ or no? Uh, Paul Fusco. Who right, okay. he, he just, just he has that. a small part in that. Um, and then you've got the kids, uh, Lynn and Brian Tanner, who are also classic 80s sitcom kids yeah um and then this episode is, is has quite a good arc because it gives you the kind of the, the the issue at hand which is they've got a potential dangerous life form in their house the government's coming after it and the family have to decide whether, whether to keep alpha secret yeah or to give them over to the government and they might do experiments you said the family mum yeah, mum wears the, the family are pretty convinced they're going to keep him for a while, <laughs> yeah. and then mum's the one that's like, no. And then the, yeah. this colonel turns up at the door, gives it the big sort of like, you know, have you seen this alien? Yeah, and she's like, um, why? Yeah, and then he sort of gives it the sort of the spiel, and she's like, no, I haven't seen him. Yeah, and she makes the t- and then you realise, ah, mum's all right. Yeah. You know, it's all so it's, it's going to be a great happy family from here on in. Exactly, and that kind of it's nice. It's a nice introduction to. Alf, but also each of the characters, you kind of get to meet each of them briefly enough, but also yeah. with just enough detail to kind of get an idea of the dynamic that's going to sort of come from yeah. here going forward. But you kind of know the dynamic for, for any 80s sitcom family are roughly the same, the yeah. same broad stereotypes. Uh, but just in this case, they've just dropped in an alien. Um, you will have seen this again. We've discussed what TV shows it might have taken inspiration from, but obviously there's a big one film that it take, took um, inspiration from, and that's E.T., 
um, very, very much like E.T. as well, where an alien comes down to live with a the family, they have to hide it from the government, there's kids involved, and um, they have to decide whether to uh, turn him in or to keep him secret, and then craziness ensues. Never heard of it, mate. Never heard of it. <laughs> uh, uh, interesting, though, just to add a final point from me, at least, um, there wasn't unaired pilot... Which I couldn't find anywhere. Oh, was, there really? was that like a feature-length um, version or something? I don't know. I have very little other than what IMDb says about oh, it. Oh, okay. Uh, the that. Tanner family having an ordinary life until late that night a UFO crashes into their garage, leaving them with, an, with a being from another world. So I assume there was maybe a different version to this episode that never aired. Mm. That's what the IMDb thing says about the original unaired pilot, and there's no actual date other than 86. Wow, Okay. So whether or not that was a kind of draft script of it that they made, and then they tweaked it and, and did it got it ready for air, yeah. and that became ALF, the very first episode, yeah. aired on the 22nd of September. Well, I thought this was a, was a really, really... I enjoyed it. Yeah. It, was, it was fun, it was light, it was easygoing, mm-hmm. um, but it made me laugh, made me smile, <laughs> yeah. and yeah, I've kind of felt quite nostalgic watching it as well, yeah. watching something thinking, oh, that crikey, yeah. that's, like, that's like a couple of months older than I am. Um, <laughs> so what do you think, so... So here's here's a question. Go on. You're at home. Yep. You hear a loud crash. Where's it come from? The roof? From the roof. Right, okay. You go and check out what the noise is. Yep. It's a spaceship. Mm-hmm. It's some kind of craft. You're like, oh, well, that's a satellite dropped out of the sky. Has yep. a small plane hit my thing. And all of a sudden, you're hearing this American accent. Help me. Help me. And then right. out comes Alf. Yep. What's your first, what's the first thing you do? The first thing you see this furry anti uh, grab something. What would you grab? Something heavy, right, and hard, just in case it is violent and wants to attack me. And so at least I go down fighting. It's coming towards you with his hand held out. What would you do? Have I got the heavy yeah. object at this point? Yeah. I go whoa! It just nope. Stop there. Well, for first, it doesn't understand you. Hang on, we said hello. But so that coincidentally, coincidentally, that is a word in, in Malmachian. Oh, okay. Oh, that's a pain in the posterior, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. <laughs> wave, the, wave the stick in it towards it. What As if, if to say, like, come on. What if on Malmach that is a greeting? Well, then it's screwed because I'm about to <laughs> whack it in the head. And then, but what then? You whack it in the head and then yep. you've killed an alien. Yeah. And that's the end of the sitcom. That's, that's, that's episode one of the sitcom, you killed Alf. I could have died. True. Uh, but you did exactly what I would also do. Um, I wouldn't wait for him. Well, you, you, you suckered me into saying all that yeah. out loud and you just went, yeah, that's exactly what I'd have yeah. done. I, I, I think it's the thing, it's that I wouldn't run away Yeah. because I'd feel like I'm here now. I'm the first one and I, there's no way I'm letting someone else be at least the, the person who's kind of responsible for discovering this yeah. or whatever it is. But I'd also be very, very cautious as to thinking, well, I have no idea what you are yeah. if you're in sort of, you know, attacking. Yeah. So, yeah, you'd be very cautious and protect yourself, but I'd also wouldn't, I wouldn't leg it. I would film it, definitely. Film it. And I would notice it's quite small, so yeah. I've got a good chance of overpowering it if I had to. But I would film it, um, maybe live stream it or something. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, see what people think. Should I kick it in the head or should I uh, capture it or what? Or put a little poll on Twitter. Yeah, yeah. Pet like, it, kill it, <laughs> eat it, feed it, eat it. 
Yeah, why not? Okay. Um, well, we'll put those options up on our Twitter at the end of the episode. Um, but that's Alf. So we'll run it through the Ten Commandments yeah. uh, at the same time. I enjoyed we do it, the other I show. enjoyed it. Yep. I did enjoy it. It was very good. Um, but it is time to review another show this week. And okay. uh, we have to f- rewind uh, almost 30 years, uh, t- sorry, 20 years, um, back to 1969 for yeah. the very pilot episode of Scooby-Doo! Scooby-Dooby-Doo, where are you? We got some work to do now. Scooby-Dooby-Doo, where are you? We need some help from you now. I'll be absolutely honest with you, Jed. Yeah. I can't believe neither of us picked Scooby-Doo theme tune for the Take 100 theme tune special. We need to do the next one. The Take 200 theme tune special, which we'll do in about a year and a half start or two years' time, <laughs> yeah. uh, that will feature Scooby-Doo. That is my solemn promise to you now. Didn't we say we'd do it every 25 episodes or every 50? Every 50. Okay, we'll, do, we'll do it at 150. Okay. We'll wait till, we're at 110 now. Right. Let's we'll get another bunch of pilot episodes, because apparently they the keep year. making new shows, which is annoying. Oh, God, they keep doing um, We'll do, we'll do another load of batch of uh, pilots, of course, and then we'll do another theme tune special, yeah. like 150 or, so, or something like that, at yeah. least. Yeah. Uh, but this is it was such an iconic theme tune. Yeah. Um, and, and what a way to start. Like, a brand new show, 1969. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a cartoon, four kids, Hanna-Barbera. I think this is probably a little after, like, so the Flintstones and the Jetsons, which we've already yeah. reviewed. Um, Can I stop you for a second? Go on. I've got an idea. Right. So for, for Comic-Con coming up at the, in October, if, yeah. I can get, if I can get us on to do a theme song special. Oh, you know what? With a live band. M- mate, <laughs> I was in before the live band. <laughs> I, I know a band. Um, well, Kenny's got to be there for sure. Oh, yeah, Kenny can join in. I know a band called Blues Harvest. And what their thing is, they do theme songs. They go out live and do theme songs of TV shows, films. Oh, mate, there's... I don't... Yeah. Yes. And we... we... Yeah, stop talking. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> okay. Stop talking. Yes. Okay. I'm there. Okay, I'll, I'll organise it. I'll try. I'll try and. I'm pretty sure October's a good month for me at this yeah. point. But okay. even if it's not, I'll make myself available. <laughs> Hell yes. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. I'm in. Um, but it, I, I mean, I, seriously, this is something we should do if we end up with the chance to do such a thing. Yeah. Because it's such an iconic thing. You're starting a brand new show, a brand new cartoon. As I say, it comes off the back of things like the Flintstones, the Jetsons, that sort of era of cartoons. They're obviously well established in family homes, you know, across the world, probably at this point. But you've got a brand new show. How do you sell it well? You give it a stinking great big awesome thing tune yeah right at the top mm-hmm. um and you know we always say if you've got a really catchy memorable theme tune that's a great great start to a show yeah you want to make that even better sing the name of the sing things. the name that's all sing you have to do show. you know scooby-dooby-doo <laughs> where are you we got some work to do now it's it's <laughs> iconic and it's so good you even get it at the end of the episode as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, at the very end of the episode, they play it again. It's like, you know that theme tune you heard 19 minutes ago? Yeah. Here it is again. Talking of, of music in this particular show, do you know where Scooby-Doo comes from, the name Scooby-Doo? No. So one of the... I assume it's from the Fun Loving Criminal song. No. Weirdly, it does tie into Alf. We're even... And I'll no, tell you it why. doesn't. Well, well I'll tell the accidental link of the podcast. Accidental link. So the second episode of Alf is called Strangers in the Night. Right. Now, if you know the song Strangers in the Night, 
it's obviously Sinatra. Yeah. Um, and at the end of it, um, in the night. yeah, he does some scat. He does some scat, and he goes Scooby Dooby Doo. And the um, no. yeah. And when they came up, in so in 1968, when they came coming up with this, this was originally called. Um, um, something about who's scared or something like that. Right. And uh, one of the the creators was on a plane and he was listening to this song, and he was like Scooby Dooby Doo, and then like, that's great because he was originally called um, Too Much. Scooby was originally called Too Much, which is very Scooby Doo was called Too Much. Too Much the dog, yeah. And uh, and they changed it to Scooby Doo, and the rest is hist- history. Wow. Yeah. Some Scooby facts to go along with your Scooby snacks. Oh, nom, 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 nom. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. I love that so much. Yeah. Scooby, dooby, doo. Oh, wow. <laughs> that's genuinely blown my mind. Yeah. So you should play that on your radio that show tomorrow. That is the second most surprising thing I've heard today. What's the first? That someone hadn't heard of the uh, birthday bumps. Oh, but who, who asked them the birthday bumps? Vicky, who I work with. Right, okay. Vicky? Yeah. She hasn't heard of birthday bumps? Yeah, she'd never heard of the concept of bumps for your birthday. Vicky, you know what you're going to get next time it's your birthday, don't you? Well, yeah. Some bumps. Yeah, we, our office load of bumps. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. In the car park. And bumps isn't um, a sweet, my friend. <laughs> anyway, Scooby-Doo, where are you? To give it its full title yeah. of the show. And to be fair, we find out straight away. He's, he's, in, the, he's in the mystery machine. Yep. Case solved. Is that, is that, is that the case? But here's the thing. So Scooby-Doo is okay. the name of the dog. Right. He's a great Dane. Um, he is... One of the best Danes, I would say. Probably one of the first anthropomorphic characters on television. It can't be, it can't be many before him. Mm. To, and I know he's not fully humanised in the sense he doesn't talk a lot. He only has sort of broken English. But he does speak. Well, I'm sure Hanna-Barbera had ones before this. I guess Disney think, did I'm a few I'm just trying things, to think, right? well, I mean, yeah, oh, yeah, true, Disney stuff. So, yeah, okay, fine. Yeah. So, a lot of the Disney stuff before then as well. But probably televised, like, series. Yeah. I mean, Jetsons, none of the animals talked. No, but they but did have a dog that was similar. But he didn't talk. No. Flintstones, the animals didn't talk. No. No. I, I, I think this is probably around the era, even if this wasn't, if, if, even if he wasn't the first, yeah. he was probably one of the first mm-hmm. television series anthropomorphic characters. Yeah. And it's a brave world to go into. Yeah. And it's just, do you think, this, this came out only a couple of months after they put Man on the Moon. Um Yeah. So, yeah, two, two great things in one year. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um, iconic theme tune, straight off the bat. Yeah. Um, can we also acknowledge how good the animation is for something that great. is 50 years old? 60 years old. Sorry, 60 years old. You're right. My brain didn't do that. No, no, you, no, maybe you're right. Maybe No, it's 50. Sorry. It's 50 years. It's coming up to the yeah, 50th no, 50, anniversary. Yeah, 50, yeah, yeah. It'd be 50 sorry. Years, sorry. Yeah. It's still old. Questioning me. Um, <laughs> 50 years old in, in merely a few weeks' time. Yeah. Scooby-Doo celebrates half a century. How are you celebrating? Well, I mean, I was going to dress up as Fred, but yeah. I'm thinking more like I might go for Thelma. I'm, I'm, well, then you're going to have to borrow I've my got, costume. I've got to come on to the, uh, the, the, the dress code of Thelma oh, so, okay. eventually. Interesting. Because um, I, I made a note of it. It, was conscious, <laughs> okay. it came to my conscious mind. I was like, well, that's... I'm going to have to write that down. Yeah, um, uh, so we'll come back to that. Okay. 50 years uh, of Scooby-Doo. Love the comic sound effects. You know, the sort of like the rattle of the bones, lots of the yeah. clock and spiel, the xylophone of sound effects, lots of boing. Yeah. And you know, of, when they're yeah. yeah. You know, like skidding around corners, wonderful comedy, 
cartoon sound effects, the things we've all become so very familiar with in the last 50 years. What about the canned laughter? I'm glad you brought that up. Because <laughs> that was bad. <laughs> At what moment did you think to yourself, Rob's going to mention this? It's the first time the I first heard time laugh, yeah. Because it, they put it in places where there's no need for a laugh. Literally, no. there's one bit where, where Scooby is just standing Running. still. Oh, they're, okay, yeah. is he? And they're laughing. I'm like, what, what are they laughing at? Um, yeah. So whoever put the sound effect, <clears throat> the... We've, we've brought this up a number of times over the last few years doing the podcast. It's one of my biggest pet peeves yeah. is overuse of canned laughter. I, I get it. I understand why it's been used in the past, yeah. why it's still used to this day. Mm-hmm. But if you notice it, it's already failed. Yeah, It's one of the big reasons Big Bang Theory got such a bad mark because yeah. they were trying to force you to laugh at something that wasn't actually that well yeah. written. Well, you'd be and pleased. It just to know. highlights how bad the rest of it is. So yeah. this was dangerously close to mm-hmm. ruining something that's actually very good. Yeah, you'll be pleased to know that when they uh, when it went to syndication. So this was in the 60s, 70s. This series of Scooby Doo, Scooby Doo, where are you? After its initial run, they took off the um, can laughter. Oh, they did? Yeah, so from the 80s onwards, you, you don't get Scooby-Doo episodes with uh, the can laughter. If you do hear it in there, it's because you're watching an older version. Oh, interesting. Yep. Okay, so it's been remastered then yeah. a few times. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, we talked about how Alf uh, arrives in the show mm-hmm. and becomes this new character going on this new journey that we are going to go on with him, on with, on Yes, with him. Yeah. Um, whereas with Scooby-Doo, uh, Fred, after they initially find this truck with a, uh, a suit of armour in the driver's seat and an yeah. empty box in the back, uh, turns almost a camera, as it were, and says, oh, we've got another mystery on our hands. Yeah. And he's sort of like a kind of, these are already, they're an established mystery-solving, you know, team. Yeah. And we're just going on this new case with them. So it, it didn't feel like it had to set out any introductions it's sort of assuming yeah that you can pick up as we go because I guess kids don't need that kids just need to know there are like some cool people on screen colourful people yeah you don't need to spell stuff out sometimes and and actually that's a it's a lot of you have to have a lot of faith in your audience yeah that they're going to keep up or they're going to get it Mm -hmm. Um, but it's also then I guess uh, because it sits on the shoulders of the writers to write a story that's accessible enough Mm -hmm. for a brand new viewer to be able to dip into and understand yeah. and follow. They've yeah. established these relationships, you know, backstories, how they've got to this point here, and this is the first time we're meeting them. Yeah. So, you know, just jump on in the mystery machine with them and let's go for the ride. And actually, it's it's so easily accessible it because is, it's yeah. aimed at children. So I, I, read, I did a little bit of research on, like, the origins of Scooby-Doo. And um, so originally... I did a lot of research this week. That's weird. Um, so, <laughs> Make a change. Yeah. <laughs> so the origins of, the, uh, origins of Scooby-Doo is um, they initially wanted to have the, the people as a, a band. So um, Fred and Velma and all they the rest. They do somewhere down the line, though, don't they? They do actually... The, occasionally play musical instruments. I think there are episodes like later that happens, years. yeah. So that's why they've got the mystery machine, because that's their tour van, essentially, <laughs> um, and why it's all psychedelic and stuff. Um, and then they're just... And then they were meant to like solve crimes in the evenings or like when they're not... Or during the day when they're not like at a gig and stuff. But then they realised... Um, 
this is going to be a supernatural show and in the night when they're meant to be playing gigs that's probably when the supernatural stuff's going to happen so they had to get rid of that idea um and they played around with what type of dog uh scooby was because originally it was a, it was a great dane and then they realized marmaduke remember the, the, the mm-hmm. there's a newspaper that syndicated cartoon called marmaduke which is about a great dane getting up to mischief and so they changed it to another type of dog briefly and then the the suits just went no no it was better with a, with a great dane and um yeah they messed around with the names and the kind of type of characters that they were but then they found there was a tv show a real like a live action tv show with a group of characters um and that's where these characters and scooby are based on these real life characters from this yeah. tv show apparently i can't remember what the name was but um yeah, that's why they feel like already fully rounded. Like you don't really know the history of Velma, but you can you know like she's intelligent because she's got glasses. Yeah, you, you feel like they they have a backstory. Yeah. You just don't know what it is yet, and yeah. you'll probably find out as you go along. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So there's another mystery. You're jumping in straight into it as you go. Um, the uh, mystery is that there's they've stumbled upon this this truck. It's got a suit of armor in the driver's seat, but no one in it. And there's a box in the back that's addressed to a professor of someone from England. Yeah, London, England. Absolutely. Um, so they go to this the nearest museum and talk to this guy in there and say, look, we found this thing. And he's like, oh, thank you very much for finding it. Unfortunately, though, he's, you know, the professor's gone missing. And I'm like, immediately, as a grown-up, you watch it and you pick up on things that, as a child, you may not have done. Yeah. You probably did because you pay attention to this sort of stuff yeah. and you probably always have paid attention to this stuff. Um, but, you know, he's questionable from the off, and he? Yeah. And he's got some shifty henchmen as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just the simple sort of, where do you want it, boss? Yeah. Kind of thing. So they move the box around. Anyway. But that's to be, when you're a kid, you think, you you're, you get quite excited because you, you figured it out. You're like, oh, I think they're the bad guys. Yeah. Yeah, they give you little subtle hints that for kids, it's like, I think it's them. Yeah. I reckon it was him. Mm-hmm. So you kind of give them like a chance to actually solve the solve the mystery, as it were, with the team. Um Scooby-Doo is always wandering off, <laughs> which is probably where the where are you comes from. True, yeah. I think in probably every episode there is... I, don't, I mean, this might be a bit trivia, but I'm, I'll go out on a limb and say it's a fact. Um, I reckon that probably at some point in every episode, Scooby wanders off and one of the team shouts, Scooby-Doo, where, where are, are you? you? Yeah. And just hits home the, the message of the, the title of the show again, once again. Um, there is a moment where they all kind of add some of the clues up together and they all turn to camera Mm -hmm. all five of them Fred Daphne Thelma Shaggy and Scooby Mm -hmm. and they all turn to camera at one point and they all exclaim the same thing which I thought was quite a a bizarre thing to put into a kids cartoon in 1969 but why not it works Um, Scooby-Doo is a wimp though uh, worth pointing out at this point if you're unfamiliar with Scooby-Doo maybe listening uh, from a land that doesn't have Scooby-Doo. Mm-hmm. He's a massive wimp, considering yeah. he's a Great Dane. And I think there's an element of comedy in the sense that being a Great Dane, he's quite big. <laughs> so when he runs into each of the people in the show, where whoever it might be, Shaggy or any of the others, he does knock them flying. Yeah. And you know, carrying a Great Dane would be an almost impossible task in real life. Yeah. But he has no you know, question about jumping up into one of their arms and sort of like mostly shaggy yeah. mostly shaggy uh, the scrawniest of the lot but though I found out he's a good athlete they were like yeah no, shaggy can climb gymnast. up because he's a, yeah. he's a good gymnast, gymnast in school and I was like what he's a stoner if ever I've seen one yeah how is he the best gymnast in school <laughs> I'm like and also how is he in school what a great backstory uh, little uh, hint there is right there I did not honestly I think they've messed up also there. health and safety did you see what they did that ladder 
You got the car jack. <laughs> yeah. You got a ladder. Put a car jack underneath <laughs> and lifted the the ladder up off yeah. the floor. Um, Fred and Daphne. There's definitely something oh going on there. Oh my god! Oh my god! I uh, noticed that. I was like, "Hang on, Daph- Daphne's definitely hanging something... off Fred's arm the entire time." There's definitely some chemistry and there. And then Fred went, uh, "Me and Daphne are going to go that way. You guys go that way." And I was like, "What?" Yeah. And for about three minutes, you don't see Fred and Daphne. <laughs> yeah. And now, hopefully, there are no young ears listening. Um, but I'm not going to say anything that you know they would gotten on to here. Yeah. There's definitely a, there's definitely a secondary storyline going through Scooby Doo, isn't the there? The thing is, I've never noticed that ever in my life before. No. But then I was like, okay, they walk into the museum. She's hanging and on his arm, and they're going off together. And you don't, yeah, you're he's right. Fred, right? His name is Fred. Right. She calls him Freddy. She's the no. only one. I looked that up. Wow. I looked that up. She she calls him Freddy, like a kind of pet name. Wow. Mm. Anyway, moving on to other questionable well, parts of the show. Interestingly, in the Scooby-Doo film, the Fred and Daphne are played by Freddie Prinze Jr. Mm. and Sarah Michelle Gellar, who were husband and wife in real life. Pass. Yeah. So, Good celebrity knowledge yeah. there, mate. Well done. Uh, <laughs> the next thing I want to bring up is the Thelma thing. So this is the, the dress code. Velma. Yeah. Sorry, Velma with a V, not T-H. Yeah. And... Um, so, where's this going? Geek chic, <laughs> right? Right, is quite a thing nowadays. In the last probably ten years, geek chic's become quite a trendy look. I'm gonna get a picture of her. Right? Google on. geek chic first. Okay. Just Google geek chic. Geek. You can do this while you listen to the podcast now, unless you're driving. Um, um, grab your phone. Just just Google geek chic and have a look at what you sort of find. There you go. Yeah. Okay. Preppy kind of glasses, um, cardigans or blazers, um, short skirts for girls at least. Um, I see where this is going. Okay, right now, yeah. now Google Velma. Open up other tab if you want. Go back and forth. Velma Dinkley. Uh-uh. Let's make her uh, give her a full name. Turtleneck. Yeah. Nerdy little glasses. Short skirt. Knee high socks. Yeah, she invented it. She invented Velma. Is the inventor of Geek Chic. There you go. Yeah, I know. I mean, there's a cosplay costume there. That's the easiest cosplay costume there is. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm glad this is an audio podcast. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, it was just... I, d- I had never noticed it before, how they deliberately made her wear a turtleneck and yeah. then this tiny little skirt, knee-high socks. And she's not supposed to be the... Attractive one. That's no. Daphne's kind of role. I guess this is the sixties, so like maybe yeah, the mini skirts. Oh, oh, absolutely. I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll totally understand. This is nineteen sixty nine. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm fully aware that this was very much the dress code of the day for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it it never it's never been a thing that I've noticed before until now, and now I can't not see it. That's the problem. <laughs> um, the last thing I'll add to this, um, well, other than telling the episode is called "What a Night for a Night." Um, clever play on the knight nice, suit yeah. of armour and things, um, is that they they accidentally solve the crime. The crime is that the professor's gone missing, this suit of armour is being delivered to the museum, well, and, they, Scooby, and they accidentally... Scooby-Doo and... Finds a shoe. Scooby, Scooby-Doo, yeah. finds a shoe. shoe. And, they, and I think this is a running thing where, you know, episode one, they're setting out some of the... You know, trademark parts of Scooby-Doo in that Scooby-Doo yeah. always wanders off. Someone always shouts, where are you? Mm-hmm. Um, there's always a bit of... You always meet 
the bad guy beforehand, yeah, beforehand early on, and you get his mask taken off again. or Shaggy or a combination of the two of them or the others accidentally stumble upon the answer or catch the culprit red-handed yeah. at the end of the episode, mm-hmm. um, which I think is a lovely, wonderful thing to sort of a lovely message to send to kids that you haven't got to necessarily be the brightest you haven't necessarily got to have all the information you can sometimes just find a bit of luck yeah and that's just the way of the world but one thing I've always and found and bad guys always get caught I think that was obviously the message that they were trying to get across one thing I found weird like so they're so essentially they're in the museum and this this evil knight is there you never see his face because his helmet's on and he's chas- chasing them down inside this museum now it seems, and this happens in every Scooby Doo episode. It seems that he has magical powers. Mm-hmm. He has strength more than a normal man. He can throw a table across a room. Also has flexibility in a suit of armor. You will not see in real life. Yeah. So I'm thinking, okay, at the end, it's just the guy who runs the the curator of the, of the museum. Spoilers. But like, he is like an old man. How has he <laughs> got these powers to throw a table across a room? Um, not just across a room across a room might have hit Scooby and Shaggy and go into a wall yeah I think I do have the answer though in, in something that I noticed what um, it's a cartoon you noticed that it took me a while for it I, I was like okay this is, these are great actors it wasn't long before the end before I noticed it I was like ah oh, it's okay. a cartoon got it oh, right. they train this dog really well yeah um, it was like wow <laughs> uh, how did he do it um, incredible <laughs> that might be half the reason um, but we, yeah it's quite it's quite um uh, surprising to me as well to when I looked up all the actors that voiced the, the main five yep. to know that the only name I really recognised or that stood out for me was Casey Kasem yeah now I can't even remember why I know Casey Kasem's well, name because I'm assuming Casey's done something else or voiced something or been in something else that I've seen but he is the voice of Shaggy yeah and you'd think that Don Messick the voice of Scooby-Doo would have been a voice that you know became quite popular and famous a little bit like um Oh my god, I've just forgotten his name. Optimus Prime and Eeyore. Oh yeah. Oh, that's going to annoy me. Sorry if you're shouting at your podcast app. <laughs> um, I, know, I know who you mean. The actor who does the voice of uh, of um, Optimus Prime in the Transformers films is the same guy who does uh, not um, not Earl Jones, is it? Is it Earl? Not um, not, not um, no. No, it's not. not is it? Oh, that is going to annoy me. He does the voice of Eeyore and several other deep toned. Um, characters yeah. in animations and, and such um, but yeah I was surprised that Don Messick was not, not a name I recognised when I when I looked it up yeah I guess because Shaggy speaks a lot more so that's potentially why yeah um, but yes Casey Kasem and, and the rest of them went on to do loads of these episodes and um, um, the first series itself uh, Scooby-Doo, Where Are You? was only from 1969 and to 1970. Uh, yep. So it ran for sort of 18 months or so. And then different variations of the show Scooby-Doo came out in different formats, but with different names, essentially. Yeah. And um, once figures started plummeting, I do know this, uh, they, that's when they introduced Scrappy-Doo. Oh, when it goes terrible, you mean? <laughs> yeah, well, it, it, it started struggling at some point, and I can't remember exactly the year, so I won't guess. But um, Sometime in the 80s, so they, I think they introduced... Yeah, they introduced... Scrappy-Doo Scrappy came in at one point, and they see a spike in the viewing, like, oh, cool, there's a new character. Initially, yeah. And then they went, right, throw Scrappy-Doo in full-time now, yeah. just put him in there, and yeah. that's how... You know, he sort of picks up from there. Yeah, but I, I hated those episodes because it was like, yeah, no, you concentrate on Scooby-Doo. You give, you're taking away all of Scooby and Shaggy's cool bits, giving it to this little little dog 
who is so annoying. <laughs> I'll fight you. I'll fight you. Um, he's awful. You're not, you're not impressed by him then? No, no, no. I, I, would, I, would, kick, I would kick him downstairs um, with his mate Alf. Him and Alf. Like, I would fight him and Alf with, with like one arm tied behind the back. All right. Yeah. Who would win in the fight, Alf or Scrappy-Doo? <sighs> Alf? Why? I think Scrappy-Doo's a bit full of himself. He'd get a bit overzealous. And Alf would be very quite simple. Right, OK. I think Alf would be quite simple. Just get a big old bat and just hit him. Well, okay, we finally settled the age-old uh, yeah. question. Who would win in a fight between Scrappy-Doo and Alf? Yeah. Point, but Alf would win in a fight between him and Scrappy-Doo. Okay. Um, who's going to win the fight, though, of best pilot episode, Alf or Scooby-Doo? Very well done, very well done. Thank you. Um, Commandment time. Let's do it. So would you watch episode two of both of them? Yes. I'm in no rush to watch the second I'm not, episode. I'm not in any rush to watch either, either of them, actually. <laughs> yeah. But I would... Like if if, totally if if they broadcast episodes one and two back to back on the telly, yeah, I wouldn't. I'd have to have a good excuse not to stay. Which one would you want to watch first? Alf. Me too, because that feels like there's a narrative you can kind of follow. It's not just standalone. Yeah, uh, whilst it's not a bad thing to have a standalone episodes in Scooby Doo, yes, I yeah. likewise agree. There's more of a narrative running through. Yeah. Uh, so the next question is, does it have a memorable theme tune? Well, Scooby-Doo definitely has one of the most memorable theme songs that we've Probably done so time. far. Yes, yeah, up there. If, as soon as you say the word Scooby-Doo to someone, they'll, they'll be singing it back to you. Yeah, um, immediately. Scooby-Doo-Bee-Doo, where are you? Exactly, you got see? some work to do Alf, now. however, whilst dun, dun, dun. memorable after a few listens, yeah. Probably takes a little bit more time to sink in. I think it'll pop into your head if you're ever in a lift and some music music comes on and you're just like, yeah, that sounds like Alf. Yeah. Doo, doo, doo. yeah. Or the next time I get the Wii Sport out, I'll probably think, oh, it's yeah. like Alf. <laughs> uh, obviously, the next thing, commandment number three, is does it introduce you to a new character or journey? 100% Alf definitely does. Yep. We're on that journey with him in this strange new environment. We've arrived in their house at the same time Alf has. Yeah. But Scooby-Doo, nope. No. No. It's just very much diving into business as usual. Yeah. And you're kind of expected to pick it up from there. But then the writing is easy enough, easy going enough that you can, you know, just kind of pick it up and yeah. you get enough of the character from each of them that you kind of know, work out the dynamic between the five. Yeah, but still not as good as Alf's kind of uh, introduction to new characters. No, absolutely not, no. Um, and sort of referencing the theme tune a little bit as well, we were talking about the Jetsons and Flintstones earlier. Yeah. They, in their theme songs, introduce you to the characters, whereas yeah. Scooby-Doo doesn't. So that no, might... No, it kind of just tells you what they're going to do, not where they've been. Yeah. So there should be a line that's, that's like, Scooby-Dooby-Doo, we met in a zoo, became friends and had a party, decided to backstory. solve crimes. I've got some backstory. Yeah. Great. I'm, I, I'm, now, now I'm more invested. Yeah. And then we, you don't need to introduce all the characters at the first episode. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Met this, a guy this, called this Fred. A, he was in a shed. And Velma was there too. No, Daphne. Oh, no, that, it's, it's, a, it's a big drama. Yeah, I don't, yeah, I let's mean, not talk about it's it. A, it's an episode for another day. <laughs> yeah. uh, would you pause for a pee? No, not for either of them. I don't think for either of them. I don't think you need to. They're both like 19, 22 minutes longish. Yeah. And that kind of And Scooby Doo has the same formula for, for every single episode, so you know what's going on. Yeah, as long as you see the first three minutes and the yeah. last three, you're sort yeah. of okay, and yeah. It's a bit like reading a, a book. You only have to read the first and last chapters, yeah. and you can fill in the rest of the blanks. Yeah. Um, do you feel emotionally connected to one or more of the characters? Alf, I definitely do, because everyone's been in that situation where you're the new boy in school or the new I person say, at work. Like you're an alien crashing through the roof, but yeah, well, yeah, let's yeah, not talk about thing. that. Yeah. You said we shouldn't, ha- we couldn't mention that. Yeah, good point. I'll edit that out. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, please do, please do. Um, Scooby Doo, though, um, 
know, I kind of. I mean, yeah. there's, there's the Velma thing, but I can't. We can't go into. Yeah, that's that not now. good. Yeah, is um, Velma your guy? Yeah. Yeah, Velma's my guy for sure. I'd never realised until now. It's taken me, taken me like thirty plus years on this planet to realise that Velma's my guy. Velma's very cool. I was always, I always thought Shaggy was the, was the best one. Uh, always didn't like, I didn't like Fred. No, he seemed like a bit of the sort of the jock, didn't he? Yeah, he's a bit like too confident. Definitely was the pretty actually, one. He didn't do anything in this episode. He was actually quite useless. Well, he could have done something, but maybe the off screen. Oh, mm-hmm. or the off screen. Matron. Okay. Would you recommend it? Oh, hang on. Yeah, I would definitely recommend. Um, both I'd recommend them. them both. Yeah, I think if, I'd say to someone if they've got young children, Scooby Doo is a great cartoon. To definitely, watch. 100%. harmless, fun. It will get them thinking a little bit. Yeah, great. 20 minutes of quiet. Alf, better narrative. Yeah, I think you can watch that as an adult and, and be entertained more than you would at Scooby-Doo. Um, kids would definitely still like... They're still making Scooby-Doo, so you know it's um, kind of universal. Yeah. Is there a mic drop? No, but I think there's meant to be It would have been be a great one. mic drop if Alf had eaten the cat, though, wouldn't there? Like, just, oh, yeah. Just like three minutes in the end, Yeah, you know, as the, as, the, as mum shuts the door on the colonel, yeah. turns around and there's a cat tail hanging out of Alf's yeah. mouth. You know, that goes, what? Oh, yeah. spaghetti style. Easy like spaghetti, that, yeah. That would have been the best mic drop we could have had in Elf. <laughs> um, but maybe that's in a later episode, who knows? Exactly. And in Scooby Doo, I guess the mic drop is meant to be where they reveal who it is, but by now you probably know who it is. If they see any other person. It, I mean, if there's a mic drop there. in it, it's learning Shaggy as a gymnast. He, <laughs> does that ever come back? I want it's, people out there, if, you, if you're a big fan of Scooby Doo, does it ever come back that Shaggy's a, a gymnast besides his first episode where he manages to break into a house in five seconds? Incredible scenes, um, yeah. literally incredible scenes. Does it defy expectation? Yeah, it does. There's a lot more nuances to Scooby Doo than, than I first expected. Mm. Um, things I expected Alf to be like good and funny because I've seen it uh, multiple times this first episode, so I knew it would be like brilliant. Uh, but how? What was your? Because you didn't have any expectation. You didn't know what it was really. Did no, you? I, I, I once I once I see once I started watching it. Sorry, yeah. I kind of thought, oh, hang on, yeah, I, I do remember Alf now. Like. V- v- like vaguely yeah. remember watching it or seeing it at least um, whereas obviously I fully remember Scooby-Doo yeah. and I kind of feel like I should have known what ALF was or I should have watched ALF yeah. it was of my era mm-hmm. you know it was out when I was a kid Yeah. so alright I might have been very young but I would have expected oh, it was that on sort of thing until the 2000s yeah, well, exactly, yeah, exactly. Yeah. so I would have half expected myself to have watched a lot more of this but I didn't so it's exceeded my expectations now. Yeah. Um, I'm just a bit surprised that I'd never really got into the show in the first It depends sort of what you were doing around. on, like, Saturday early afternoons. Like, yeah. when 18 was on, basically. It was always around the... problem eight- was I was watching 18. That was it, no, wasn't it? That's, it was, that's yeah. the problem. Um, has it aged well? I think Scooby-Doo looks like it could have been done yesterday. Yeah. It's, it's, it looks I've that good. I've seen worse animation yeah. this year. Yeah. And it's 50 years old. It's great. Um, just take out of the, the, the canned laughter and you've got a great current show. Mm. I always think the canned laughter might have jeopardised its score somewhat Ooh, as well. Okay. We'll come on to that in a second. I mean, I noted it down, but there we go. Right. Um, Alf, though, uh, is of its time. It's of its time. There was but obviously it's not dated that... in a bad way. Yeah. I love seeing like it feels nostalgic, and things. not dated. Correct. It is nostalgic. Uh, which is a good thing. Uh, and is the hype real? Um, I don't think there's a lot of hype now for for Alf, which is good because mm. then you don't you're not expecting much and it probably over delivers 
on what you yeah, expect. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, yeah, Scooby Doo, you're you're expecting it to be good because it's Scooby Doo. Yeah. Um, so I, and think it just, I think it lives up to that. Yeah, it definitely lives up to it. Does it exceed it though? No, I would say it meets your expectations, meets it, yeah. um, and you know meets the hype. Yeah. But we're talking about episode one, remember? This is like just the very first time one. anyone would have ever seen this. So this would have been, at the time, I think, well exceeding the expectations. Yeah. But let's score it. Let's give it some scores. Alf goes first. What um, do you think? I, I, I liked it very much. Um, there's a few things that could have, been, could have been done better, I thought. Um, I love the puppetry. Absolutely brilliant. Um, and it's funny as well. And this is, this is one I would definitely recommend to people. But I can't give it any more than a six. Okay. Um, it doesn't meet the standards of other pilots that we've previously done. So, I I I totally agree with you. Actually, I'm going to go with a six as well. Oh, okay. Like whilst I really enjoyed it and probably more than I expected to have enjoyed it. Yeah. Thinking about other shows that are around that sort of six, six and a half, seven, even seven and a half mark. I think some of them had something that Alf doesn't quite have. Yeah. But Alf is easier to watch than some of the other shows That's that have true. achieved higher scores and. I think that's what Alf was supposed to do. It's supposed to be easy watching. Yeah. 20 minutes, job done. I mean, you put as mad breaks in it, it's half an hour filled, isn't mm-hmm. it, on the airtime. Um, easy, fun. Yeah. Yeah. I, Aliens. Yeah, like it. So um, very, very good indeed. Um, a Scooby-Doo. 50 years old in a few weeks' time. Ooh. Um, for me, it just edges it. Theme tune is just about pipped it's it. Very good theme song. Um, and... Yeah, I, I, I'm I'm so super impressed with the, how it look, how good it looks. It does this long on? Um, I just don't know how I'd feel about Alf in like eighteen more years time. True. Like in, in eighteen years, Alf will be fifty. Yeah. Will I feel the same way about Alf then that I feel about Scooby Doo now? Hmm. I'm finding it hard to think I would. Yeah. So I'm going to go six point five. Okay, that's a good Scooby-Doo. score. Um. My problem with Scooby Doo is, as discussed, we are not. I I know nothing. By the end of this episode, we still know nothing about these characters. We don't know what their motivation is, yes, how they got together, why why they feel the need to solve these supernatural crimes they have nothing to do with, and why why on earth these supernatural crimes seem to happen when they're around as well. Um, we need to like discuss that. Um, so it left me with a lot of questions and a little bit disappointed in, in some aspects, but I still really enjoyed it. Um, but just about the same as Alf so I want to give it a 6 6? yeah alright 12 for Alf 12 and a half for Scooby-Doo I think that's pretty fair yeah kind of right on the money really for them to not top 50 no but Scooby-Doo but, slightly beats Alf yeah by a fraction okay. uh, for me it's just it's the just, theme song isn't it it's the theme song absolutely yeah. is and, and see what Comic-Con, watch this space. Yeah. Um, but that leads us on to take 111 next week. So what do you fancy doing? I think you go first this time. I should probably go first. Yeah, I haven't done pick the first one for a while. So um, I've got oh, a couple dear. of ideas, but I'll wait for you. Well, let's just turn this, you know, let's just turn this pilot, you know, around. Wow. Uh, let's turn this aircraft around and um, wow. take it off on a completely different tangent. Really? It's hard to turn this train around. Like, um, the tracks well, only go one way. What's, what's going on? I'm, I'm going to go completely... Off a kilter here, and we are right over there. Wow! See that? See the building over there? Yeah, I'm looking at it. Over it, right? Right. Under the one that beyond it. Under that. Under it. Wow! This is yeah. this has gone way off course, right? Okay. And I'm going to go for something I've really I've got back into. Right. In the last few months. Okay. Um, and it's got six seasons now. Oh, this is. No, 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 no. It's fine. Don't okay. panic. Don't panic. Right. I want to do. 
Jerry Seinfeld's Comedians in Cars Get Coffee. Wow. Okay. So I've seen the first episode of this, but I cannot remember it for the life of me. It's on Netflix, well, I isn't know, it? I can already tell you, it's the Jim Carrey episode. Oh, that's a great episode. Okay. Yeah, now, that's I won't a say great... any more about it at this point. Okay, I'll just tell you that's the name of the show. But the name of the show does give you all of the necessary information you need. Um, comedians in Cars Getting Coffee. It's I, I discovered it, what, about a year and a half, two years ago, when we first started doing the podcast, I yeah. think. Um, and fell in love with the show immediately. And... I recently saw the trailer for the latest series and it's actually Jerry Seinfeld having a go in a, jo- in a jokey way at all the other chat shows there are that have basically nicked his idea. Ah, uh, yes. And that made me laugh. So I, There's a lot sit, of them, I sat there, there and watched yeah. about four episodes back to back. So all the carpool karaoke ones. Um, car, uh, comedians in Cars Get Coffee. Getting Coffee. It's on Netflix. <sighs> okay. So... Chat show maybe? I was thinking again as we're going completely off uh, yep. off books almost. Um, there's a few I want to do, but it doesn't really fit into the kind of comedy documentary style format. Okay. But it, the connection is it's on Netflix. New new stuff on Netflix. We always find an accidental link between the two shows. That's true, so and that's our aim. So I've got a couple of options, and I think you'll like. Well, you'll definitely like one of them. One of the options is a new new TV show on Netflix called Woo Assassins. Yeah, um, that everyone's telling me to watch, uh, and just watching a little clip. It's of on it, my to watch list. Yeah, it looks amazing. Um, so that's one option. Mm. My other option is this: the new Netflix series of Moco, Rocco's Modern Life. Um, which um, was a show from the nineties, but they isn't that a film? No, but the, no, it's a TV show, that, and they've Netflix have rebooted it, and it's like a crazy cartoon. So that's another option. <laughs> so you've got We Assassins, Rocco's Modern Life. Well, those two alone couldn't be further apart. They tried, <laughs> yeah, could yeah. they? I know, but then oh, there's so many, sh- so many shows to do because I really want to do. I really want to do. On, what do you want to do? It does kind of fit, actually. Go on. I want to do the first episode of Australian MasterChef, which is currently on Amazon right now. What? And the reason why I'm picking... Aust- I'm not even going to let you change your mind. Okay. I'm going to write it down in my book now. Australian MasterChef, not yeah. even the British no. one. And the reason why I want to do it is because Australian MasterChef is like a mixture of British MasterChef, of um, uh, Dragon's Den. It's everything. All of our reality shows into one show, and it's just good. Um, why not? I mean, we've, yeah. we've taken this show in so many different directions in the past two years. Yeah. Why not throw in those two completely, completely obscure choices? Yeah. But they're both food link, food yeah. and beverage link. Sure. Uh, both kind of about real people as well so there is connection there okay alright cool first episodes to comedians in cars getting coffee and Australian master chef <laughs> yep <laughs> you won't get that combination anywhere else I tell you that much uh, but listen well, you're very welcome to recommend shows to us um, please feel free if you're watching something that's really genuinely sucking all of your time up and um, you can't switch it off you're just watching binge watching it uh, let us know because we'll go back and watch the very first episode of it and let you know what we think of it you can find us on Twitter Jed find me on Twitter at Jed Shepherd, J-E-D-S-H-E-P-H-E-R-D and I'm on Twitter at The Jellyman that's T-H-E-E Jellyman yeah tweet us your thoughts tweet us your suggestions if you've got a suggestion hashtag put it on the list and we will put it on the list and we will bump that to the top of the list above our ones as well. Ooh, okay. um, 
take 111 next week. Let's it's going to be a weird one. Ah, uh, here he goes. <laughs> it's not going to catch on. Right, okay. It's not as good as your old one. <laughs> okay, see you later, alligator. In a while, crocodile.